to episode six of the Teaming Up podcast from the Hodges Partnership. In today's episode, John Newman and Tony Sita, our in-house podcast gurus, will talk about everything from planning and production all the way to how an organization can leverage their own podcast. You can find the video version of this on YouTube and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single future episode. Now, here's John and Tony. Welcome everybody to another episode of Teaming Up with the Hodges Partnership. Today you have me, Tony Sita, and I'm joined with the co-founder of the Hodges Partnership, John Newman, and we're going to talk about podcasting. That sounds like so monumental, the co-founder. Like, <laughs> Gosh, okay, all right, let's keep going. Sorry about that, I just didn't need to interject <laughs> that there. <laughs> um, so one of the things that... We find a lot, John, and you can weigh in this as somebody who deals with a lot of our new business, is that a lot of companies are thinking about podcasting and how it might be a fit for them, whether that's making their own podcasts, internal or external, or getting involved in being on other people's podcasts. And it seemed to make sense for you and I to talk. I've been listening to podcasts basically ever since they were a thing. And I know you like to listen to podcasts too. And and also you host a podcast, which we'll get into in a little bit. But I thought that we would discuss today a couple of uh, our perspective as to what companies should be thinking about when they're thinking about podcasting. So it's interesting. Whenever there's like a new tactic, it's almost like a new toy and everybody's got to have one. It's almost like when like Cabbage Patch Kids came out and everybody had to run to Toys R Us. Remember Toys R Us? Everybody had to run to Toys R Us and get one and play with it with not really knowing what they were, how much they cost, how much went into them, the caring, watering, and feeding of the Cabbage Patch Kid. Um, you had to name it, all that kind of stuff. And it's very similar here. Um, podcasting, because of the proliferation of Things like Spotify and, and you know, uh, the ability to get podcasts easy on your, uh, on your uh, Apple device or your Android device and everybody listens to them. Everybody wants one without really thinking of all the things that need to go into a podcast. How often, your point of view, um, who's going to host, what is the topic going to be, um, how are you going to promote them? All those things that you like, oh, I'll do a podcast. And then you're like, oh, I've got to do a podcast. So I think going through that and really thinking through what you want, it's like any other communications tactic. What do you want to achieve? Who your audience is? How much time, money, and effort you want to put into it is really important. And then similarly, um, on the other side of it, if you want to be on a podcast and an established one, it's very similar to our approach to any other media relations, trying to figure out who their audiences are, who they get, how difficult it is to actually pitch yourself to be on the podcast. And then what is your point of view? What do you want to say? Uh, just like being on any other 
television interview or radio interview or being in a panel discussion or speaking opportunity, you need to think those things out before you decide you want to be a guest somewhere. Yeah, I think you brought up a lot of good points. And one of the ones I'd love to touch on first is the sort of high amount of labor involved in starting up and having your own podcast. I think one of the things that we find is that it sounds like a really good and fun idea and everybody's into it. And then when you get going, there's a lot of decisions to make, there's investments to make, and then there's a lot of time commitment. Um, And I think I also see sometimes people overlook maybe what's involved on the, on the back end, the, the editing of it as well, but also the kind of the producing, the planning of it. Um, And especially if you're going to have guests scheduling and all of that kind of stuff. So I wondered if you had a perspective on what companies can do to handle that amount of labor or to reduce that amount of labor if they are, if they're sure they're ready to um, get into podcasting. So, and and you brought up this before I've been, co-hosting a podcast of one of my passions, which is Rutgers Athletics, which is why I'm wearing the t-shirt today, um, for almost four years now. And, um, you know, we, uh, my co-host and I was like, yeah, let's do a podcast. It'll be fun. And it was at the time where, to your point, you've been listening to podcasts much longer than mainstream. But for most of us, it was just turning into the cool thing. And like, oh, let's be, you know, we'll do that. But there was a lot that went into it. And I have a blog post that I put up recently to go along with this episode that really boils it down to sort of the four P's. And those are planning, preparation, production, and promotion. And on the planning side, you need to really think about things like who your audience is, what your topic is, what do you want to do a podcast for? And then how often, how many episodes and how often are you going to do it? And is it going to be just you and a couple of other folks talking about a whole bunch of stuff? Or like we do, we have a very finite type of format. And we decided at the very beginning, it was going to be guest driven. So that lays into what you just talked about, which is, okay, you got to find the guests. You have to schedule the guests. It's like any other project that you're going to do that involves other people. You have to schedule, you have to, prepare for interviews, all those types of things go into it on the very front end. That's not including all the things like um, the actual sound and formatting of the podcast. If you need to acquire music, if you need a title uh, in order to post your podcast on the podcast platforms, you need artwork to go with it. All those things, uh, even before you get into things like syndicating it on all those platforms, You have to think through all those things before you even think about get going, getting going, because that provides the framework for what your podcast is going to be and what it's what you want it to be moving forward. Yeah. And you and I were talking the other day and drawing parallels between the earlier stages of corporate blogging and the push for podcasting and how many parallels there are to, you know, the division of labor, who's going to do what, who contributes to it, how are you going to make it sustainable? Either way, whether it's um, a regularly updated blog or if it's a podcast or or um, any other kind of 
content that you're publishing, you're becoming, you know, a publisher, but you're kind of becoming a, a news outlet almost. And I think it's important to identify who is going to do that work and make sure that it is part of their job and not just something that gets done off the side of their desk, because then it's going to get pushed by business crucial things. And I think for most companies, they probably have a team, um, whether that's an internal team in their communications or marketing department, or they have, you know, a PR firm like Hodges or an ad firm or somebody else like that. Um, and having a plan for who's going to do what and how they're going to do it is important. And I think an important part of that is involving those people kind of early on in the process so that they can contribute ideas and energy to the process. Yeah, I think, and, and we sort of approach it in our conversations that we've had in a couple of different ways. You can have a podcast that is almost like a blog where you know it's going to be ongoing for a uh, undetermined long period of time. And uh, in the case of our podcast, we do uh, an average of two episodes a month, but it's it's every other week. Um, and we're never going to end it until we end it. Um, there are also podcasts, um, especially whether it's series or serials, like the true crime ones, uh, that are more like there are seasons, right? You have 10 episodes. It's like watching a series on, on Netflix where there are 10 episodes, they crank them out, and then they take a long break, and then maybe six months down the road, they knew and do another season. So those are the things, some of the things you have to think about. There are positives and negatives to both. I think for us, we know that that regularity is very important in order to build a, a, a listenership over time. Uh, obviously, if something is more star-driven, like a television show, the seasons will happen, and then you'll come back next year, uh, especially if it was a really good season or if there's stars that you're attached to. So there, there's, um, there's definitely different schools of thought. I do think on the corporate side, the company side, or organizational side, there probably is room for three or four people having roles. There's the the producer, there are the hosts, there are the promoters, and to uh, throw all that on one person is extremely work intensive. I know with ours, we have two co-hosts, and we share the duties in finding the guests. We collaborate on the questions and the research. We collaborate on the promotions. We have an outside producer that handles a lot of what you had mentioned earlier, a lot of the editing, putting it together, posting it, because, you know, we started, we're like, oh, we'll record it, we'll learn how to do it, and we'll edit it together. Well, that editing process, um, you know, even though you have the the miracle of computer editing, is very time-consuming. And we very quickly realized it was better, um, maybe not from a cost standpoint, but from a time standpoint, to pay someone else who knew what he was doing to put all that together. So we record on every other Monday evening. We, um, and this gets into the, a bit of the nitty gritty, but we record audio tr separate audio tracks for the hosts and for the guest. And then we drop those audio files into a Dropbox that goes to our editor and he puts it all together with uh, for us. And two days later, or sometime a day later, we have the entire audio file that we can then post to the places we need to post it to. 
Yeah, that's great. I, you know, I listen to a lot of independent podcasts and I think a lot of them work that same way. Um, and that's different than some of the podcasts you listen to, like a serial or a Gimlet show where their editing process, you know, they're talking to a lot of different people. They're putting it together as a story that's highly edited with music. And that's that's like a whole nother level. Um, but that can be good as well. I know that there's some company podcasts that I've listened to. There's a software development company called Panic that makes Mac software um, and they have a podcast uh, and they edit it more like that. Um, and they have an in-house video person who's the one who's doing that. It's a very similar skill set. So, well, so if you listen, if you listen, and I and you and I both listen to the New York Times one, the Daily, and they incorporate interviews with their reporters, but they also spend a lot of time pulling news clips that they layer in to make the storytelling richer, and they do a lot of interviews, audio interviews that they use to you know make the story better. So it really depends on how much time and work and financial, because it does cost money, commitment you have in order to do something the right way. And it also depends on who your audience is. I mean, the folks that you're talking about that are very much B2B, you know, that turns into the opportunity to showcase not only, you know, how cool they are because they're doing a podcast, but some of the the services that they're offering for their products so they look at it like any other, you know, uh, communications investment that that could, if you spend a little bit of money, you have the opportunity to impress people and make money on the back end. Yeah, I, totally. I also um, <coughs> want to touch on, you touched on this a little bit before, but you talked about sort of the audience and the audience growth aspect of it. And as somebody who's have his experience starting a podcast from scratch and growing the audience. Um, I wondered if you could talk a little bit about, I think sometimes companies, when they get into a new project, they can put all this work and all this effort into it. And then you put it out in the world and you kind of watch Google analytics or whatever analytics you have and feel a little bit left down, let down by the response to it. And I wonder if you could talk about that kind of, you know, slow growth that it takes to build an audience for a podcast. Yeah. I mean, we, first of all, and you know, this, you want to make sure that the podcast is available on the countless number of podcast platforms that are available. We're our podcast consultant, our editor does that as part of the service that we hired him to do. So on day one, we were, you know, we were hosted on a hosting platform and then we we're syndicated you know, on Apple, on Stitcher, on Spotify, and all these different places. So availability, because as you know, not everyone gets their podcast from the same. It's not, there's one, not not just one podcast repository. You have to be available in many places. We also uh, created social channels for the podcast. We also were known within that Rutgers community and had our own social channels already established. So that helps out as well. And then we created a very simple website that we have posted all 92 episodes on with, with, uh, you know, with a podcast player on them. So we're able to drive people um, during the week that we drop an episode. Usually, like I said, we record on Monday. Right afterwards on Monday, we're promoting that episode on Twitter because that's where we have the most followers. But there are also um, Rutgers fan groups and also fan websites that during the week leading up to Thursday morning when the podcast drops, 
we're promoting about the podcast. We'll go in, we'll do Facebook posts, we'll do LinkedIn, we have um, an Instagram channel, we'll post on those fan boards so that by Thursday morning, our core audience knows who the guests are, what the topics are, and we provide links to the website. And then when the um, when the post goes live, not only is it available on all of those platforms, but we can drive people to the website and we have a separate URL just for that episode. So there's a lot of work that goes into promoting that. And over time, especially since it's guest driven, you know, we can we know, for example, that if we have a football related guest, we're going to get more downloads than any other sport. That doesn't mean we don't uh, focus on other things, but we'll know that going in. And over time, if you're consistent and you build up um, other ways to communicate, you know, we will communicate to that fan base on those channels during the week and interact with them so that we become, you know, a niche media source for that group. Similarly, companies and organizations have that opportunity to do that with their fans, with their customers, with their constituencies, and anybody else who's interested in the topic that they're talking about in the podcast. So the more you invest in time in creating a community, just like any other communications, the more successful, the more uh, traffic you'll drive to the podcast, at least for sampling. And over over time, people, it's like anything else. If they like your product, they're going to come back. If they don't, they're going to find it somewhere else. Absolutely. I think one of the things I want to touch on, I guess, lastly, is we're, we're kind of running out of time here is, you know, depending on how somebody is consuming this, this is a podcast, right? So I wanted to talk a little bit about the genesis of this and how we applied some of these same principles to, to this podcast you're listening to or video that you're watching. Um, and so I wondered if you wanted to talk a little bit about where the idea for this series came from. We have been talking about doing, and we've had other sort of iterations of podcasts in the past. Some couple of our folks did their own. We started one. And I think we always like to try stuff out on ourselves before we offer it up to clients. And there's been this push to diversify content, um, not only from an audio standpoint, but from a video standpoint. So it actually started as a video series. And then we said, wait a second, we could, you know, cross populate it as a podcast as well, because not everybody will want to watch vid 20 minutes worth of video, but they'll listen to 20 minutes in, you know, in their car or what, when they're out for a walk or, or a run. And we also wanted to just not make it the same two people all the time. We have a lot of um, friends uh, that, um, you know, get involved and it's just the same two people. But we also have a lot of very talented people in our organization that do a lot of the work, are experts in their own, you know, different disciplines and thought it would be a great idea to feature everybody. Um, and it's been a lot of fun. Uh, it also allows for folks who aren't really used to uh, I mean, I have a long, you know, you have a, a long um, history of performing. I, you know, have been on in television and radio for 30 years. Being in front of a microphone isn't scary to me. It's scary to fun- some folks. And we wanted to give folks an opportunity to practice a little bit and show off that side of themselves and prove to themselves 
that what they have to say is really worth it. And, and it's been a great experience for a lot of folks. People have had a lot of fun and we've gotten our listenership up a little bit and try to be as consistent as possible. So um, that sort of was the reason behind it. And, and obviously it's another way for us to communicate things that we've been doing on our blog or we that we've communicated to clients. So it's just another fun way to get um, some of our expertise out there in just a very unique sort of 2021 and during a pandemic kind of way. Absolutely. And I, I think people have had fun doing it. I know, you know, even working with everybody all along the way, I learned stuff from, from every episode, you know, even having heard, um, I thought all of Josh's old, old media relations stories, um, that episode with, uh, with Josh and Hannah, where they talked about media relations then and now was really great. And, you know, we've had episodes on TikTok. we've had a bunch of different episodes and where those came from was discussions around the office, discussions in the office, Slack, um, blog posts that people have written or blog post ideas that people had that they were going to write that we thought, you know, that really seems like it could be a good discussion to share. Um, and I think it's been it's been a really interesting process. And I think it's let people flex different sides of their skill set um, than that they've gotten to use before. Obviously, um, you know, I've enjoyed put, putting the actual videos and podcasts together and making the artwork. And I even um, wrote the little tune you heard at the beginning. Um, so I know that that's been fun for me. Um, but if you don't have the folks in your office that can do all those little parts, well, first of all, they might surprise you, but if you don't have the people that can, you know, there's music stock music sites, there's, um, templates for creating the, the promotional video versions of the web of the episode to share on social media. So there's a lot of tools out there to help people put this stuff together. I was going to say, and we started ours four years ago. And since then, I know you've found easy ways to get podcasts syndicated and uploaded into those feeds. At that time, it was a lot harder. And now there are third-party companies that make it pretty easy for folks. Yeah, you know, it definitely depends on what size podcast you're you're going to have as well, right? Something with a large interest base like uh, college athletics or even athletics for a, a particular college, you sort of have to be positioned for growth. Whereas, you know, we get sort of the, the, the benefit of starting small, you know, well, the, the other thing too, and we haven't really touched on this was there is a little bit of investment, even in equipment, right? Like I went out right. and it's pretty easy right now. Although when the, it was hot, it was hard to find relatively inexpensive, good microphones on Amazon. People were buying them up in a crazy way. Now it's pretty easy for less than a hundred bucks. You can get a good quality microphone. If you're doing a video, a lot of people are like we're doing combining the two or, you know, uh, broadcasting on video platforms like Twitch there for less than a hundred dollars. You can get a good fill light so that you are not sitting there in the dark. So the costs have come down on all of that. And it's, it's smart to invest a little bit. One of the things that, um, that has gotten really good with the advent of Zoom and Teams is, uh, you know, it was harder to get to to record on good quality platforms. Those have gotten a lot better as well. So um, I think 
for those who want to do it as sort of a fun side project, it takes work. And even, you know, as we were talking about for brands or for companies, it takes work, but the initial investment is not as much as you would expect. And then if you stay with it, the payoff is going to be very, very good. You're going to have a lot of fun, but you're also going to be able to share that subject matter expertise, which is the goal of doing any of these, especially from a true PR, you know, media relations, corporate relations standpoint. Great. Well, thanks so much for having this discussion with me today, John. I don't know if you have any closing thoughts, um, but I wanted to tell everybody to look out for John's uh, blog post on the four P's of podcasting and uh, look for any future news about the uh, additional um, additions of this podcast itself. I think my only closing thing is, Tony, I think you get like a nine out of 10 and rate my room as I'm looking <laughs> at, you know, you have like the space shuttle behind you. You have some cool equipment behind you. I like the look. It's nice. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs>